What is up, everybody? It is Three Walls and a BLP. We've got a solo pod for you tonight. Quick one here. We've got it was a big weekend last week uh, for football. Um, we're gonna recap it real quick. Uh, it's just Mike here tonight. Sorry, should put that on the top. Um, we're gonna recap last week's wild card weekend. Talk a little national championship. Give you a preview for a divisional round and a couple other news and noteworthy stories about sports going on. Uh, so we'll start there. Let's start with the fact that the NHL is back. Uh, NHL started last night. We had five games last night. Season's kicking off. It's about a 56-game schedule. Everything is realigned, so you're only playing teams in your geographical location. There's a Canadian division, an Eastern division, a Southern division, and a Western division. I'm not sure, but you're going to see a lot of teams that are geographically close. You're close rivals so the flyers and penguins are playing eight times this year uh flyers islanders rangers are gonna be playing a lot blue jackets penguins are gonna be playing a lot you know it's gonna be a lot of similar opponents and a lot of you know hometown rivalries and hard-nosed foot hockey games so looking forward to that uh nba news nba is up and running here uh season's about three weeks in 10 games or so uh, but the big news came last night when uh, James Harden finally forced his way out of Houston to Brooklyn. It was a four-team deal. We'll give you the whole, all the details here. So Brooklyn got James Harden. The Rockets got Victor Oladipo, Roydon's Crooks, Dante Exum, four unprotected first-round picks. That's a Brooklyn pick in 2022, 2024, and 2026. Milwaukee's unprotected first-round pick in 2022 and four unprotected first-round pick swaps in 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027. The Indiana Pacers got Karis LeVert and a 2023 second-round pick from Houston. And the Pacers are beating the Trailblazers 18-15 to 15, with four minutes remaining in the first quarter. Thank you, Siri. And the Cavaliers got Jarrett Allen and Torian Prince. So... Everybody knows James Harden wasn't happy with the situation in Houston, wanted out, held out, went to strip clubs, didn't go to training camp, showed up fat, showed up out of shape, seemed disinterested, very short with the media. Last night kind of just sealed the deal, said, you know, it's not going to work here. And uh, uh, not last night, the night before, uh, said it's not going to work. Don't see us beating it. Los Angeles in seven games. And Houston shipped them out. So Brooklyn's all in. They've got KD. They've got Kyrie. They've got James Harden. So it's championship or bust with them. I don't think this is going to work out the way Brooklyn fans want it to. Uh, But again, what do I know? Uh, I just think that's three ball-dominant guys. There's only one ball. Kyrie is MIA right now. Kind of weird. James Harden needs to have the ball in his hand. Kyrie needs to have the ball in his hand. The only one I know, I feel like I know can deal with this and succeed is probably KD because he's been around a super team before with Golden State, with Steph, Clay, Draymond, all those guys. Uh, but Kyrie hasn't had to sacrifice anything for his teams, and when he has, it hasn't gone over well. When he had to be the leader in Boston, it didn't work out. When he kind of had to take a backseat to LeBron, he wasn't happy. Of course, they got that one championship in 2016. But overall, I'd say it didn't really work out the way they wanted it to. And I just am not sold on James Harden. Hasn't showed up when it matters most. And it doesn't seem like he's kind of a guy that 
if you're trying to win a championship you want to build around. But we'll see. They're going to be entertaining to watch, that's for sure. But so NBA is in full swing. Let's switch over to the college game. So the college football national championship was this past week, past Monday. It was Alabama and it was Ohio State. And not surprisingly, well, maybe to some, but Alabama rolled. They won 52 to 24, uh, had complete control from the outset. Ohio State kind of got behind the eight ball with Trey Sermon going out with a collarbone injury after his first carry. Um, just some stats from the game here. Mac Jones was 36 of 45 for 464 yards, five touchdowns. Najee Harris had 22 carries, 79 yards, and two touchdowns on the ground. He also added one through the air. And uh, Devontae Smith, the Heisman winner, had 12 catches, 215 yards, and three touchdowns in the first half. He injured his index finger on one of his first catches in the second half and missed the rest of the game for precautionary reasons, but Alabama didn't miss him. Uh, Justin Fields went 17 of 33, 194 yards, and one touchdown. Master Teague had two touchdowns. Chris Olave had 69 yards receiving to lead them. But it was utter domination from start to finish for Alabama. They looked like the best team in college football. Not surprising. Um, and it's bringing the question that maybe they were they're the best offense in college football history. So getting compared with the LSU offense from last year, um, I think you're going to see this a lot coming in the coming future for college football where these offenses are gonna, just going to have phenomenal years, great numbers, everything like that, and you're going to compare them to the previous season's national championship because the athletes are just getting better, uh, coaches are just getting smarter, schemes are getting better. And, you know, I think it's going to be a sliding scale when you talk about best offenses of all time. Uh, because Alabama's offense this year is very comparable to LSU's offense last year, which was comparable to Clemson's offense the year before. So, you know, it's kind of like apples and or apples to apples here. So, uh, but great national championship, very entertaining. Uh, good for Nick Saban, seventh national championship, six with Alabama, t- passes Bear Bryant, I believe. Um and he's got the best recruiting class coming back next year. They're the early favorite to win it all next year. And I'll look forward to watching them again. But that is college football. We all, we are all wrapped. Up. Well, not all wrapped. We've got FCS football coming up in the spring. So that's exciting. But let's move on. We had wild card weekend last Saturday and Sunday. Six games. Uh, this is the first year the NFL did that expanded wild card where they had seven teams in the playoffs, one bye. So they made it super wild card weekend. Uh, and you know what? It delivered from start to finish. All of the games were very entertaining, very fun to watch, and very exciting. We'll start with the first game from Saturday. That was Colts-Bills in Buffalo. Buffalo's first home playoff game in about 20 years. Uh, Buffalo won 27-24. Scores a little bit closer than what it really was. I'm not saying Buffalo dominated the game, but they had it in hand from that last drive in the second half on. 
after the Colts went for it on fourth and goal and didn't get it, and, the, and Buffalo drove down and scored a touchdown, it was kind of a wrap. Um, you expected Buffalo to hold, hang on and win the game. Indianapolis made it a game. Phillip Rivers played well. Uh, it might be his last game. We're not sure. He's not sure. I'll uh, give you some stats from that game. Rivers was 27 to 46 for 309 and two touchdowns. Allen was 26 to 35 for 324 and two touchdowns. Also had a rushing touchdown. Um, but yeah, uh, Josh Allen looked good. I'm on. I've been on the bus as of saying, you know, I need to see Josh Allen succeed, win a playoff game before I'm buying in. I need to see him play well because the Houston game last year was just a disaster. Uh, anyway, you slice it, it wasn't good. Um, but he delivered. I mean, he played lights out, played like an MVP candidate. He had his couple, you know, little crazy plays that that uh, extending the play fumble at the end of the game that could have been super costly. But he did what he had to do, balled out, played like an MVP, got his bills moving on to the divisional round, and they still look as hot as anybody in the league right now. Uh, for the Colts, they've they've got great defense. They've got every, all of the pieces. It just seems like they're a quarterback away, and that's not taking anything away from Phillip Rivers. It's just what this year, this league, this era of NFL, I don't know if Phillip Rivers is the kind of quarterback that gets you then to that next level. Uh, it seemed like if they didn't lose Andrew Luck last year, they probably would have been on the path to being AFC Championship game contenders, something like that. And I don't know where they go from here. Are they going to make a trade? Are they going to get in the free agency market? Do they believe in Jacoby Brissett? Does Phillip Rivers come back? It's going to be interesting, but they are very, very good from top to bottom. Great offensive line, great running game, great weapons on the outside, outstanding defense. So it'll be interesting to see what they do. But Bills move on 27-24. Second game up, and I'd say the shocker, well, not the shocker, one of the shockers of the weekends was Rams-Seahawks. Rams started the game not knowing who's going to be quarterback. Jared Goff had surgery on his broken thumb two weeks ago prior to the game. Uh, John Wolford started their season finale, played well, uh, and started this game. Jared Goff was the backup, and then John Wolford went out with a neck injury stinger with five minutes left in the first quarter. So Jared Goff came in as the backup and played very well for for having a broken thumb on his throwing hand. I mean, Cam Akers balled out. He set a Rams rookie rushing record. He had 131 yards on the ground, uh, added, let's see how many of them, through the air, added 45 through the air, uh, one touchdown, two, yeah, one touchdown. Jared Goff looked okay. I mean, they didn't ask him to do much because of his injury. He was 9 of 19 for 155 yards and a touchdown. But, I mean, they ran the ball with Cam Akers 28 times. Malcolm Brown had nine carries, so you knew they were going to – as soon as it went to Jared Goff, they were going to pound the ball and run the ball all over the place with the Seahawks' rush defense not being what it was. Uh, and the Rams' defense played probably the best game of the season so far. They held Russ to 174 yards passing, two touchdowns, and a bad interception. Uh, they tried to force the ball to DK Metcalf on a wide receiver screen. You can kind of see it coming as that play developed. Uh, Jarius Randall jumped the route, 
pick six. And from there, it was kind of off to the races for the Rams. You know, it was just kind of like, how can the Seahawks bounce back from this? Because they don't, they looked out of sorts. But uh, Rams held on. Uh, Seahawks made it close towards the end. Rams scored a late touchdown to Robert Woods to seal it. And their defense looks very good. So they're moving on 30 to 20. Seahawks made a couple changes in the offseason. They just fired their offensive coordinator, Brian Schottenheimer. Uh, so they're going to have a different offensive identity going forward. Probably get back to power football, running the ball, as opposed to the whole letting Russ cook, which I don't know if that's the right move. When Russ was cooking and Russ was throwing the ball over the place, they were a top team in the NFL. He was an MVP candidate, and then it kind of got stale. They got back to running the ball. They got their, they got great running backs, but it's just kind of like you've got one of the top five quarterbacks in the league. You probably should just let him go out and do his thing, you know, and then run the ball to complement him and keep defenses honest. But we'll see. They extended John Schneider through 2027. Pete Carroll is there for a few more years, so we'll see. Seahawks still look good. Rams look very good, and uh, they are moving on. Last game from Saturday was Buccaneers versus the Washington football team. Kind of late breaking news for that game was Taylor Heineke was going to start for Washington as Alex Smith just couldn't get that calf ready to go. And, I mean, credit where credit's due, Taylor Heineke played one of the best games I've seen under the circumstances with having – uh, three weeks ago, he was taking online classes at Old Dominion to get his master's degree, and now he's starting a playoff game for his second career start. Um, uh, Tom Brady played great. Bucks offense looked very good. They've been humming on all cylinders since that Week 9 loss against the Saints. Uh, stats from that game, Tom Brady was 22 of 40 for 381 yards and two touchdowns. Taylor Heineke was 26 of 44 for 306 yards and a touchdown. Added 46 yards and a phenomenal rushing touchdown to keep the Washington football team in the game. Uh, Leonard Fournette started for an injured Ronald Wood, Ronald Jones, who got hurt during warmups. And Brady threw the ball all over the place with his wide receivers. I mean, you had Mike Evans with 119 yards. Uh, Cameron Brait had 80. Chris Godwin had 79 in a touchdown. Antonio Brown had a touchdown. Uh you know, if they threw the ball over the place, they got their weapons involved. And uh, they're going to be even scarier if they can get Ronald Jones healthy. But their offense looked good. I think Washington just kind of caught lightning in a bottle, caught their defense off guard. They were also missing their defensive leader, Devin White, who's out with COVID reasons, but he's back for this week. Uh, so Washington moves on 31-23. Uh, not Washington, I'm sorry, Tampa Bay moves on 31-23 over Washington, and they will play in the divisional round. Let's move on to Sunday. The other kind of you've-got-to-prove-it game, you've-got-to-show-us-something game was Ravens-Titans. And when I say prove it, show me something, I'm talking about Lamar Jackson because he's 0-2 as a starter in the playoffs going into this game. Everybody's saying he needs to win the big one. He needs to win the big one. I can't trust him if he doesn't win a playoff game. He hasn't come back, come from behind, hasn't had to win a game with his arm. And I'm one of those proponents. So same with Josh Allen. I needed to see them win a playoff game before I could buy in and believe the hype and believe that they can go make a deep run. Uh, 
Titans jumped out to an early 10-0 lead. Lamar Jackson threw an ugly, ugly interception. And you kind of thought the wheels were going to fall off. You thought it was just going to be, oh, this is it. Titans are just going to roll all over again, like last year's playoff game. And that's not the case. Lamar settled the team down, got a, got a run going, uh, played as good as you could against this team. Against this, t- I mean, the Titans' defense wasn't anything special this year, but uh, he played phenomenal. He had he was 17 of 24 for 179 yards through the air. And that one pick, so not the greatest passing numbers, but he had 16 carries for 136 yards and a touchdown. Uh, Marquise Brown had seven catches for 109 yards. And the real story of this game was the Ravens' defense and how they were able to shut down the Titans' rushing game. I mean, they couldn't run the ball for shit at all. It was shocking. I mean, Derrick Henry, who ran for over 2,000 yards, had 40 carries over. 18, 40 yards over 18 carries. His longest rush was eight yards. Uh, Ryan Tannehill had six yards rushing. He is a big part of the rushing game. And uh, Tannehill played okay. He made the big mistake with the interception of Marcus Peters. But it just felt like they were kind of, once they lost their rushing game, they were kind of behind the eight ball. They didn't really know how to attack the defense. And the Ravens defense had a great game plan. Um, and they, credit to them, they shut down the rushing game. They shut down an MVP candidate, the best running back in the league, and their offense took advantage of the opportunities that they could. Uh, so Ravens move on with a 20-13 to win over the Titans. They will play the Bills in the divisional round. That is Saturday night, I believe. Yes, Saturday night, uh, but we'll get to that in a minute. Next up, we had Bears-Saints in the famous Nickelodeon broadcast game. Uh, Give me a second here. This was probably the snoozer of the weekend. Um, Bears were the seventh seed. Saints are kind of one of the favorites to come out of the NFC. Saints won 21-9. Bears didn't really have a whole lot of offense going at all. They kind of... Had something going, and Javon Williams dropped a touchdown pass in the end zone. Easy catch. Should have had it. You've seen the pictures. You've seen the video. And that kind of swung momentum towards the uh, – momentum was going towards the Saints, but that could have been a, a break in the momentum. And that just slammed the door on him, I think. Uh, Mitch Trubisky looked uncomfortable. They didn't plan to get him out of the pocket. They didn't plan to use him as a running threat. <clears throat> And the Saints' defense bottled up David Montgomery. Uh, some stats from this one. Mitchell Trubisky, 19 of 29, 199 yards and a touchdown with zero seconds left. Uh, Drew Brees, 28 of 39, 265 and two touchdowns. He looked good. He managed the game well. Um, I'm not sure how he's going to look in a tight game in cold weather if it gets to that. Uh, but we'll see. Still not sure about his arm strength and how he can get the ball down the field to his weapons. Alvin Kamara, 23 carries, 99 yards, and a touchdown. Latavius Murray had another rushing touchdown. Um, and the Saints move on 21-9 winners. They host Tampa Bay and Tom Brady in the divisional round on Sunday for the third time. Uh, this is kind of the game everybody's been waiting for. The two two 
over 40 quarterbacks, two of the greatest of all times, going at it in the playoffs for all the marbles. Uh, Breeze has come out and said, I don't think he's officially said this, but everybody expects him to retire at the end of the season, regardless of how it goes. Brady, you never know with him. I expect him to come back next year, but you, you again, you really never know. So either way, we're going to have speculation about their future, the losing quarterback's future. Uh, so that'll be fun. And the last game of the weekend. And I wish Matt was here to talk about this one because his Cleveland Browns put some work in on the dreaded Pittsburgh Steelers. They jumped out to a hot start. Uh, ben Ralph, or not Ben, Marquise Pouncey, first play of the game, snaps the ball over Ben's head, ends up in the end zone, Browns touchdown. 7 nothing. 10 seconds into the game, something like that. After that, Ben throws an interception. Browns go up 14 nothing. After that, another turnover, I believe. And then the Browns go up 21 nothing. They were up 28 nothing in the first quarter. It was a bizarre world. I couldn't believe what I was watching. It was shocking. Uh, Kareem Hunt had two touchdowns in the first quarter. Steelers, as expected, made a game out of it. They showed some fight. Came back, cut the lead to 35-23, and then on a fourth and one at their own 40, with all the momentum going their way, they punted. Interesting. Um, after that, Nick Chubb had a 40-yard touchdown to make it 42-23, and then from there it was just elementary. Browns going to Pittsburgh, exercise some demons, get a playoff win, move on. First playoff win since 1994. They win 48-37. In the loss, Ben set the NFL record for completions with 47 he was 47 of 68, 501 yards, four touchdowns, and four interceptions. Baker was 21 of 34 for 263 and three touchdowns. Nick Chubb had a receiving touchdown. Kareem Hunt had two rushing touchdowns. And Jarvis Landry added a receiving touchdown as well. They also had a interception. Uh, I thought they had an interception return for touchdown, but they just got that into the five. That's right. Okay. Uh, moving on. So, Browns move on. They will play the Chiefs in the divisional round. They go to Arrowhead. And uh, I don't think I mentioned this, but the Rams go to Green Bay to play the Packers in the divisional round. So, your divisional wrap-ups uh, before I move on. Shout-out to all of our Browns fans, listeners, all of our good friends that are Browns fans. Uh I know you, some people are saying this is your Super Bowl. It's the end of the roll. Like, this is it. Uh, fuck that. Like, you guys are playing with house money. Playing really well. Great running game. Great offensive line. Defense is playing hot. Getting some guys back. Fucking go out and beat the Chiefs. Why not? Uh, why not you guys? You know, Baker's playing well. Who cares? Like, just go out. Ball out. Beat the Chiefs. Who's to say you can't? Um, moving on. Divisional round. We've got Rams-Packers. And Ravens Bills on Saturday. Sunday we've got Browns Chiefs and Bucks Saints. Uh, the real thing to look out for on Saturday with Rams Packers is the health of Aaron Donald. He broke a rib in the game against the Seahawks. I anticipate him playing. I can't imagine a world where he's not playing in this game. It's gonna come down to 
and a lot of people are saying it's Jalen Ramsey versus Devontae Adams. It's Aaron Rodgers versus Jalen Ramsey. It's Aaron Rodgers versus Aaron Donald. I think the make-or-break matchup for this game is going to be the Packers rushing attack against this Rams defense. Uh, Packers have three very good running backs, Aaron Jones, Jamal Williams, and A.J. Dillon. Aaron Jones can catch the ball out of the backfield. A.J. Dillon is a power back, and Jamal Williams can do best of both worlds. So if the Packers can establish a run game at this top, get out to an early lead and just kind of turn the ball and you know set up the play action, let Rodgers sit back there, dissect the defense, see what's going on, play comfortably, I think it's going to be tough for the Rams to hang tough and beat them, especially with Jared Goff and an injured thumb playing in the cold. So uh, that's going to be the matchup to watch. You've got Green Bay favored by six and a half. The over under is over under is 45 and a half. At this rate, I would take Green Bay minus six and a half to cover that. Uh, just because I think Aaron Rodgers is playing his best football right now and is on that revenge tour of fuck you, you drafted a quarterback, I'm going to go out and win you a Super Bowl. Um, so that'll be fun. And then the Saturday night game is Ravens-Bills and the matchup of quarterbacks that just got their first playoff wins, quarterbacks with lofty expectations, quarterbacks that are due for extensions coming up, uh, expecting snow in Buffalo. Lamar Jackson has never played in snow. I'm not sure how that's going to affect the outcome of the game because Josh Allen can throw the ball all over the place in the snow, any weather. Ravens' rushing attack is very north-south. They want to get between the tackles. They want to get between the guards. They want to pull their guards, get their guys out in space, and just go from 0-60 to 60 from the snap to the end zone. Um, I think it's going to come down to how that Ravens' defense can deal with Josh Allen and those wide receivers. They've got Stephon Diggs, who's making a case for the best wide receiver in the league. Uh, John Brown's back. Gabriel Davis had a great game last week. Cole Beasley's still there. Kevin Singletary's a weapon out of the backfield. Their tight ends are dangerous. Dawson Knox, Tyler Croft, Lee Smith. Um, so I think it's going to come down to how the Ravens defense can limit Josh Allen and that passing attack. But I think even if they can limit it, the Josh Allen running game is going to be something to account for. And if they have to get into a shootout and the Ravens had to score 30 points or more to win, I'm not counting on Lamar to be able to throw the ball all over the place and get those 30 points, especially if it's the Bills getting out to an early lead, you know, let's say 17 to 7, 14 to 3, something like that. And the Ravens have to kind of throw the ball more to get back into it. I'm not, sh- I'm not confident in Lamar to be able to do that. Uh, we've got the line at Buffalo. Minus two and a half. Over under a 49 and a half. Uh, I probably wouldn't take points on this one. I'd probably take the Bills money line in the parlay. Um, I mean, you're looking at two of the hottest teams in the NFL right now. They've both won their last five. Uh, Ravens been rushing the ball very well. Buffalo has just been steaming hot uh so we'll see this is probably the game of the weekend i would say uh both from a quarterback matchup and a um just excitement standpoint you got two story franchises the bills are kind of coming back up 
from the dead. The Ravens have been good for a while, but hasn't this was their first playoff win since 2016? If you can believe that, I couldn't believe that stat when I saw it, but you know we'll see. Uh, so I'd take the Bills' money line. I don't know about points. Uh, kicking is going to be a nightmare in this game if it's snowing and windy. So we'll see. It should be fun. Uh, next up, we've got Browns Chiefs at 3.05 on Sunday. It's, you know, with everything that's gone on the past couple of weeks, we've kind of forgotten about the Chiefs and Pat Mahomes. Um, Pat Mahomes has had a two-week bye to get ready for this. And he's still got all the same weapons. He's still got Kelsey. He's still got Hill. He's still got Watkins. He's probably going to have Edwards Zilair back. He's going to have... Le'Veon Bell is going to have Darren Williams. He's going to have Nicole Hardman. He's going to have Demarcus Robinson. Um, but, I mean, I didn't expect the Browns to have that game last week. And I can't – I don't think you can expect the Browns to rely on turnover luck again. But if the Browns can just come out and kind of punch them in the mouth, I think you're looking at – a different kind of game for the Chiefs whereas you know in the past they've been able to get behind uh, in games and throw their way back into it and you know just say oh we've got Pat and his red red arm and he can get us back into anything if the Browns can get up by you know a a 10-3 or a 14-7 score and just start churning the clock with that running game I don't know who's going to be able to come back and score more points. I mean, you're going to have to score points to beat the Chiefs. But if you can get out to an early lead and start turning that clock and still making making first downs, getting touchdowns, not field goals, not punting, you know, answering a Kansas City field goal with a touchdown, answering a punt with a field goal, the Browns are playing with house money. I mean, why not? Uh, I, I, I don't know if it's going to happen. I still think Pat Mahomes and the Chiefs are a whole other animal with all those weapons. Uh, I think a ten point Chiefs being ten point favorites, I'd take the the Browns to cover that. I think that's just too much in an NFL playoff game. I don't care uh, what the seeding is. I think that's a lot. So I take the Browns to cover that over under, and that one is. 57 so uh, yeah I I mean I don't feel great if the Browns have to get into a shootout but if they can kind of control things and keep it close and keep the Chiefs within striking distance and you know get a late score to kind of go up you know 24 21 something like that and then the Chiefs have to go out and score and the Browns can just milk the clock away on their last possession who knows why not uh, this might be one of those games where the last team to have it have the ball wins. It also might be an absolute blowout. So should be fun. CBS Sunday, 305. Last game of divisional round is the History Channel special of Cheat or Buccaneers Saints. You've got 42-year-old Drew Brees and 43-year-old Tom Brady going into it. Uh Saints won both matchups this year convincingly against the Saints against the Buccaneers. Um, but the Buccaneers have looked very, very good since their last loss to the Saints, uh, thirty-eight to three on Sunday night. And 
listen, it's just going to come down to what Drew Brees and Sean Payton are going to do on the offensive end. If they're going to, you know, try and flex their muscles and say Drew can still throw the ball all over the place, I think you're getting into trouble if they decide to just pound the rock with Kamara and just dominate in the trenches and get him out in space and the screen game, the quick game, stuff like that. I think that's where they're at their best. Uh, I mean, he's their leading rusher and leading receiver with 187 carries, 932 yards, and 16 TDs, 83 catches, 756 yards, 5 TDs. So I would say the Saints need to get Kamara 32 touches in this game. If he has 32 touches in this game, the Saints win. If he gets less than that and the Saints get pass happy and you know, things just, you know, Drew Brees can't throw the ball down the field. There was an early interception. They get go three and out, something like that. And the, and the Buccaneers get out to, you know, a 10-7 lead, something like that. Any kind of early lead, then I'd lead more towards the Bucks because, I mean, Brady's still that guy over there. I mean, this season he's had 4,633 yards passing, 40 TDs, 12 interceptions. And... He's still got all those weapons. He's got Antonio Brown, his third, third receiver, if you're putting him behind Gronk. I mean, he's got Mike Evans. He's got Chris Godwin, Gronk, A.B. Scotty Miller's a deep threat. Ronald Jones, uh, Leonard Fournette's been playing well as of late. Keyshawn Vaughn's shown some promise. I think this game's going to be a shootout. It's in the Dome. It's in. It's the Sunday night game at 640. Uh Saints are favored by three, over-unders 52. I take the over for sure. Uh, it's tough to beat a th- team three times. Everybody says that. But I think the thing that people aren't talking about enough is how good this Saints defense is. The Saints defense has been so good from start to finish. Their secondary is phenomenal. Their linebackers are great. Demario Davis is one of the best linebackers in the league and doesn't get enough credit. Defensive line is phenomenal. Alex Hendrickson, or Trey Hendrickson, led the league in sacks, or was top three. And you've probably never heard of him because he doesn't start. And then you've got Cam Jordan on the inside. Marcus Davenport, they got just dogs all over the place. I think it comes down to the Saints' defense being a little bit better than the Buccaneers' defense. I think the Saints win by three or four. I think this is a very good game comes down to it late let these two old quarterbacks decide it throw the ball and see what happens um i bet Taysom hill probably gets a touchdown i'm going to bet on our guy adam troutman scoring a touchdown because i've done it all year that's our guy trout shout out keep winning keep getting on there and uh yeah so i'm gonna pick the saints but that is your kind of wild card wrap up and national championship wrap up divisional round preview uh, again wish matt was here to talk about the browns a little bit more but he couldn't make it so he got me a uh, quick little pod for you guys tonight hope you guys enjoyed it hope you enjoyed our little wrap up preview you got some great ufc fights this weekend on saturday abc calvin kadar and max holloway is the main event next week you've got conor mcgregor return to the octagon Against Dustin Poirier, we'll do some nickname pick for that. Other than that, uh, thank you guys for listening. 
Hope you guys are staying well, staying safe. Enjoy the football. Enjoy your weekends. And we will see you guys later. See you.